Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I'm going to say something that's going to completely blow your mind, and I'm here to do just that. Um, you know what's more important than arriving to the destination more than getting what it is that's your heart's desire, more than getting to that place that you just have in your head, like once I get to there, oh, everything's going to be better. You know what is way more important than getting to that point is the process of who you become along the way of getting to that point. And the more that I study and become a student to how God is leading me in this particular season of my life, I get why he takes people through certain paths. So with the Israelites, he was like, eh, I could do it sooner, but y'all know how to fight. And so I don't want you going to the wilderness or I don't want you getting to the promised land. And then you like, give me back my land. Get off of my pride land <laughs> or whatever y'all thought y'all was going to say. And then these boys suit up and boot up and all you got is um, a good windmill. Like that wasn't going to work. So God was like, I have to take you along this way because y'all don't know how to fight. Okay. Yeah. All y'all knew how to do for 400 years was endure, but you don't know how to fight. So I don't want you getting in the ring and all you know how to do is take a good punch. And it's going to take more than that to get them people out of their houses. Okay. And so I, I'm starting to see that how he leads one group of people. He doesn't lead and hold another group of people that way, how he leads one person or one family member or one personal peer of yours. It's not how he's going to particularly lead you. And I'm starting to see that God knows what you need to be and what you need to become when you get to that point. And so he's looking at the end point and he's reverse engineering who you need to be and what things need to go ahead and be in your path now so that he can shape you and shift some stuff out of you and use people as sandpaper to go ahead and sharpen and smooth out some things in you. And it's all done in the process. See, the problem is, is that people got it twisted. You don't get the money and then automatically you know how to handle money. It's, you don't become a, a wife or a husband. You don't get married and then all of a sudden you know how to communicate now. You don't get the child then all of a sudden you know all there is to raising a child. You don't get the home and now you know exactly how to maintain it. See, what people need to understand is that most of this needs to have been prepped prior to this or this blessing that will be accumulated will be a burden. It will behoove you that whatever it is that you're saying that you want that you have some prerequisites before you get to that point. And the thing about school, if it taught us nothing at all, they taught us prerequisite. Oh, you want to go ahead and, and go to nursing? Then these are some of the prerequisite classes that you need before you even get to the nursing program. Oh, you want to go ahead and do home ownership? Certain banks are like, all right, well, we have a home ownership workshop that we'd like for you to attend and go ahead and do A, B, and C. Certain family financial dynamics are set up that until you inherit that, you need to sit down with a financial advisor because it's a part of the trust or whatever the beneficiary elements are. There are certain prerequisite items that must be done 
before you can even obtain the thing that you're looking for. And so if that's done in some huge areas, like, yo, in certain states, they don't even let people get divorces until they go to mediation. It's like, I need y'all to be clear that this is what y'all about to do. And so if it's done with some really big decision-making, if it's done with some real legalities and all of those things, if it's done in those areas, then it will behoove us to see, okay, what is it that's my heart desire? What do I feel like God is trying to take me? What do I feel like God wants for me? And I'm going to allow God to reverse engineer to do some things in me so that I'll be different once I arrive there. I am starting to understand process more than understanding process. I have learned the ultimate thing that I thought I didn't ever think I would get here. I'm learning to lean in to the process that the work, the majority of the work is in the process. The majority of the enjoyment is in the process. Like everything that people think that they're going to feel and obtain once they get there, they're robbing themselves of not having it in this moment. Like I wish the Israelites were like, yo, I'm going to enjoy this journey because like literally God, low key, we don't know that you've ever done this with anybody else. Like, yo, real talk, shouts out to you for that Red Sea situation because there's a lot of people who are free indeed, but they not free, really, for real, for real. Like they, they're free, but they still looking over their shoulder. They're free, but they still have some things they're harboring in their hearts. They're free, but they still got to see such and such, you know, at certain events or whatever. So it, it's a triggering situation. Like you allowed us to be free. And then the people who put us in bondage, you were like, and now I'm going to allow you to see the bondage that they put you in. It will be never more. The people that you see today, you will not see again. And so we're going to go ahead and just let Pharaoh just, you know, swallow some salt water real quick and just be done. Like what if you, what if they really would have communed with God? Like, yo, the fact that you're even leading us with a cloud by day and fire by night, like this is amazing, God, that you can take this form, that you're such an awesome God. Like you did this for no one else. Like, oh my goodness, what you've done with, with us getting water, what you've done with manna, what you've done with the fact that our clothes are not even getting weary and we don't have to try to put leaves and stuff together to make our clothes last longer. Like what you are doing for us, God, my gosh, imagine if they had the mindset to enjoy the journey and then just add that same enjoyment to when you get to the promised land, you enjoy the whole ride. Guess what? Then you had a heck of a life. But I noticed something in the Israelites that I think a lot of people suffer with and that I'm actually coming on the other side of. What once was a reality, it was a truth, it was good reasoning for in one season, you cannot bring that with you in another season. What you did in one season to cope, you cannot make that a characteristic for your future. We are not going to change and alter and swap coping mechanisms for characteristic traits now. Like we understand that when you were younger, that's how your parents communicated. They were screamers. And so what you did was you didn't really do too well with that. So you kind of like you shut down. 
because you had to go to a happy place or you had to find some solace some kind of way. And that was understood in childhood. But you cannot be an adult out here in these adult streets, out here in these rural relationships, out here producing some real families. And when it's time to communicate, you go back to your coping style, but now it's your characteristic trait. Like we understand that, you know what, you had a little bit of aggression and some real things happen in your life. And that's why you get defensive and you pop off how you pop off and whoever wanted is going to get it. And we get it. And so you have to protect yourself. We get it. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you, um, take that defense down because you're going to push people away in these adulthood streets. Nobody has time to keep trying to fight your walls and break down your defenses and try to explain, you know, on the offense what they didn't mean. That's a lot of work. So I understand that you had to cope like that prior. That was past. But in your present tense, in these future situations, if you can just unshackle yourself, to say, you know what, self, we had to wear this for a long time, haven't we? Yeah, we had to. And we did the best that we knew how to do to protect ourselves. Because there was a lack from anyone else. There was a lack from the people that should have been doing that. So I, I understand. We we did the best that we could. But um, younger self, l- let me just say this to you. I appreciate everything that you did to help me to survive in those seasons. But I have to lay this down here because I can't bring this old wine into this new wine skin. God is trying to do something new through me. God is trying to give, bring me something new to my life. And so if I continue to allow past self coping mechanisms lead me while God is trying to lead me, I got to choose who, who gets to lead. And that means that I, I got to choose to be different. Because the one thing that I seen when Jesus called people, it, once you got to a certain place, he changed your name. Yeah, he looked at Simon and was like, eh, you're more like a Peter. <laughs> yeah, um, God looked at Abram and was like, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and rename you and your wife. So if he didn't do something new externally, he was doing something new in people's hearts. He was shift, giving people domestics moments. He was shifting people's hearts. He was shifting people's mindsets, perspectives, all kind of things. And so if I know anything about God, what I know is what you were before, you had good reason to feel that way. It may have been perfect, make perfect sense. Nobody, listen, you could win that. Nobody's going to go ahead and debate you on that. But you can't keep carrying that. You can't keep wearing that. As a matter of fact, if you wear that, you will be improperly dressed for the seasons that God is going to bring you to. So in order not to be ill-prepared, the first step is for you to go ahead and say, you know what, I can't wear this no more. I can't, yeah, I can't continue to bleed on people that didn't stab me in the first place. Rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I can't continue to be triggered by people who didn't actually put that wound there in the first place. I can't continue to spill anger on people that are not even aware of what happened to me. And even if they are aware 
I want to start looking at people differently. Like I want to give you the benefit of the doubt. I want to believe that if you knew that what you were doing, which was triggering me, that you would not do it. But I have to communicate that in a way that is so adult-like, unveiled, and efficient with minimal emotion that I'm able to communicate until I heal from that. I'm going to need your help in recognizing that that triggers me. And the love response from whoever you asked asked that of should be, you know what? I was unaware, but I will be more present so that my awareness or my lack thereof doesn't trigger you. Like you need to understand that whatever group of people you were around, it wasn't necessarily to be your own personal torment chamber. I do believe that certain situations happen in life and it is super unfair. And oh my gosh, why did this happen? And I I just wish I had better parents. I wish I had a different family source. I wish I wouldn't have dated such and such. Oh, why'd you have a baby by him? Oh my goodness. If I was just born in a different bloodline in a different state in a different region in a different, whatever uh, you can make up all the other different things. You can point out all the things that are your variables and that you had no control of nine times out of 10. And you could say, dang, I think I would have been better off if not for fill in the blank. But I believe the Bible when it says in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for the good. So even if it didn't feel good, even if it didn't look good, even if you're embarrassed to even kind of like, oh, I just want to, can we skip to the good part? Like you don't want to even bring up those parts. But I believe that all together, all together, it's going to be okay is going to produce what it needed to produce and there will be a point in your life that you'll be able to look back and stand in confidence and say if not for that I don't think I would have been the person that I am today at this very moment so I'm going to actually make a bold statement I wouldn't change anything (gasps) does that seem too far-fetched because it can happen it, it can very well. I have heard people say that about situations and I'm like, are you saying that just because it sounds really good and it's cliche and I can literally sense the sincerity, like, no, literally a minute shift to the left or right. Any change whatsoever would have literally changed my whole entire trajectory. And I don't know if I would have had these experiences, these people, this accumulation of blessing. I don't know if I would have accumulated this with this heart, with this level of appreciation, with this level of tenacity if those things didn't happen to me first and so I was like you know what I want to start coming against anything that looks like well if you had my past you would feel the same way well I'm 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 this way because my mother a b and c'd and no you don't understand because my father a b and c'd and and I get that I get that. I think that actually in that level of immaturity, there is a level of awareness and maturity. The fact that you're able to trace back, I have this particular external output, communication, my perspective, my way of looking at life. The reason why I have this and you're able to trace back to this is why. Because let me tell you something, that's 50% of the step right there. A lot of people can't do that. When you ask someone simple questions of why do you think that way? Who taught you A, B, and C? Who did you watch or observe that now you've adopted EDF? Like you ask 
people just those basic questions, people are not able to trace back. People are not aware enough. And it may be because they have gone ahead and just, you know what, shut down in that area. A lot of people, their coping mechanism has been autopilot. If I can just get through the night, if I can just get through the year, if I can just get through the day, if I can just get through. And so what they've done is they've cheated themselves out of really being observant to like, oh my gosh, these are the things that are happening. These are the things I don't like and be able to sort through. So you know what to stay away from and you know what to discern for later and all the other different things, but you can't do that in autopilot and autopilot. That is just remotely survival mode. You don't remember half of the things you can't really bring up the details. And some people are like, oh yeah, I just blotted that out. No, you went to autopilot. And so your body said, turn off because I don't want to feel this. I don't want to sense this. I don't want to carry this. This is too much for me. And so what I'm going to do, if I can't do nothing else, if I can't control my external variables, I'm going to turn off inwardly. And so a lot of people cannot trace back. Why am I like that? Where did I learn that? Who that I observe that is like that? They cannot do that. So for someone, even in their immaturity to say, yeah, well, I'm like that because, shouts out to you, we 50% there. But the other portion of getting the rest of that healing is to say, and I'm going to work on not carrying that out to another generation. I'm going to work on not keeping that extremely harmful flame alive. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that this is put out with me. Yeah, there's a different a tenacity with that. And I think that to a degree, God gets it. He gets it. He's patient with it, but he will not allow it to continue on because there's no fruit where there's no growth. And you stay in the same way for decades. You keeping that same trait in the generations to come does not yield a fruit that's going to get the next generation or even yourself to the next level. Yeah, you may be successful in a career. You may be successful in, oh, you're able to go ahead and get tangible items. But you know what? It hasn't been emotional healing in your bloodline for quite some time. Your mother's brokenhearted. Your daddy's brokenhearted. They passed the pain down to you. You got a broken heart. It's like, oh, you don't see that that's continuing on. Like, yeah, you know what? You may have be able to be even killed. You may be able to have a great emotional stamina. You're not as sensitive than the people around you. And I get that. But at the end of the day, you're also not in tune with your own emotions. There's some things about you that if you really look in the mirror, you're like, well, who am I? What happened? And you're at that age and you, you still haven't had a good timeout moment for yourself to discover you. And I think that God understands and God is so excellent and patient in his ways but I feel like God is literally getting to a season with certain people that he's like, all right, now you got to choose. Before you didn't have a choice. Before he met you where you were. But now you're getting older. Now you're getting wiser. Now you see mm, that particular character trait doesn't work. It's not yielding what I want. I say I want to be in a relationship, but then let somebody upset me and I'm Tasmania. Like, oh, yeah. So, like, it's not working for you. And we can't keep laughing and brushing it off like, well, you know, people shouldn't get me mad. Like, no, you should learn how to express yourself outside of having an adult temper tantrum. 
Yeah, you can't keep blaming everyone. Yeah, you are the common denominator to everyone. So you keep picking the wrong one or you keep picking people who know how to trigger you and know exactly what button to press. But at the end of the day, guess who chose? You. So if the common denominator is you, then we need to go ahead and start seeing, okay, so what do I need to do differently? And I wanted to zoom out because I think sometimes it's best to see it from another perspective where you're like, yo, I get it. I get it. Because I think when we see it in other people's lives, then we now understand how God is looking at our lives. And it gives you a different posture where you're like, hmm, I think I know what needs to be done now. I want to go ahead and read. I'm going to read from two different chapters. First, I want to read Exodus 3. Because this is where God literally identified the, what I like to call the why. This to me serves as the trace back. So Exodus 3, I'm going to read from, this is when he literally was calling Moses. So I'm going to read from, let's do verse 3. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. Four, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am. Moses replied, five, do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. Six, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Seven, then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. And then skip down to nine. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. 10. Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. So this literally documents like God gets it. God gets why they're crying the way that they are. They they have harsh circumstances. God gets it. The, the people, the new Pharaoh came in and it's like, bro, new sheriff in town. This is ridiculous. Like, as a matter of fact, if we go back two verses, two chapters beforehand in Exodus one, it actually says why that happened. So I'm going to read that first. Exodus one, I'm going to go to verse eight. Eventually a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. Pause. That's the Joseph that was sold from the pit to the palace and all of that. Okay, great. Nine. He said to his people, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. 10. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then they will escape from the country. 11. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Pethom and Ramesses as supply centers for the king. 
12. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread, and the alarmed the Egyptians became. 13. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. 14. They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in all their demands. So God was like, yo, two chapters later, he was like, yo, mm-mm, no more. That's ridiculous. I seen how harsh this situation is. Like at this point, yeah, I'm getting ready. Moses, let me let me work behind the scenes. Let me get you to believe in yourself so I can go ahead and answer somebody else's prayer. And that's a word right there. It's taking too long to try to, okay, Moses, what's in your hand? Okay, throw it on the thing. Okay, wish, okay, now put your hand in your cloak. Okay, now take it back out. Oh, but God, what about my words? Okay, he, come on. Why God got to keep convincing you? All this convincing is taking up time for you to be somebody else's answer prayer. Like, yo, go start the business like yo go apply for what God told you to apply for like yo go ahead and go talk to such and such go ahead and start courting like why God got to spend all this time going ahead and trying to convince you of something and you holding up somebody else's something so while he's convincing you somebody else is on the other side crying to him and you holding him up for answering their prayer because you got to be convinced and that's between you and the Lord and it is because I have nothing else to say I'm going to numbers 14 Mm-hmm, because that's the Holy Spirit told me to do. Numbers 14. So we trace back the why. I get it, why you're like that. Because of what they're doing to you, and they're super unfair. I, I, I get all that. But then look what happened. From Exodus to Numbers, if you read your Bible, no judgment, all the Israelites did was complain. Never, not once, or even brought to my attention, was there just great gratitude of like, you know what, God? This ain't half bad. I ain't gonna hold you. I ain't have to pick up a brick in this wilderness. I haven't had to mix nobody's mortar. You understand? Like, honestly, I, I ain't gonna hold you. I thought this was gonna be crazy. I thought it was gonna be hot. I thought it was like, are we there yet? Because all the kids, you know how that goes, you know. Um, but like, the, honestly, like, wow. And and you know what? I, 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 I can't say I would do it again. Can't say I would do it again. But I can say that I'm glad that I experienced this because you know what? It made me see that, yo, what we were living in was terrible. And if and if this is even a slither of what you have for us over at the promised land, like, yo, I'm with it. Never once did they just go ahead and take the scales off and say, God is doing something. He must really love us to go this hard. He's defying all kind of things by splitting Red Seas and making the, the ground dry immediately. He's bringing a, an enormous amount of quail. He said, yo, y'all want some? Okay, what else y'all want? Y'all want some faucet flakes? Let me go ahead and bring this dew, and y'all gonna go ahead and call it manna. I'm like, he's, you must really love us, God. And if you supplying all our needs like this, and this is not even your best, bruh. I'm t what the promised land hitting for? You understand? Like I am like like real talk. I, never not once was that conversation had. Never not the once. But you know what happened? 
after they were able to see visible, tangible ev- evidence of, oh my goodness, it really is the land of milk and honey. Like, yo, they even brought back grapes for you to go ahead and see. You know what their response was to that? Numbers 14 literally starts off with verse 1 saying, Then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. Two, their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Three, why is the Lord taking us to the country only to have us die in battle? Read that in the name of Jesus. Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Four. Then they plotted among themselves. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Pause. They complained. Uh, so all them years and y'all haven't changed our perspectives. All them years and y'all haven't changed your way in your course of communication. It was understood why you complained all them years ago in those harsh conditions. Them slave owners, they, they was foul. We get it. They saw you get, they saw you want to come up and was like, ah, how can I go ahead and sabotage? Like we get it at that particular juncture of your life in that particular season of your life when there was a lack of understanding and a whole lot of just, just wrongness, get it. We, we can see why that would equate to complaining, understandable and crying out to God and God, please. And just, if you can just have this cup pass from me and, or whatever the prayers were for all the years, we get it. But fast forward almost however many years later, the only way you know how to speak when something is concerning you, how to express when something is scaring you and how to communicate when something feels indifferent is two things. Y'all know how to cry for an extended amount of time and you know how to complain. You know what the caveat is? Though that style of communication is not warranted for this season, Nobody's making you make brick with no straw. Nobody's forcing you to mix mortar in like really high conditions. No one is treating you unfairly. No one is making it more harsh than usual. No one is doing all of that. Yet, even with the external circumstances being different, you're still the same and you're still responding the same and you're still speaking the same. And you still see it the same. Like you don't see that that's not buddy who hurt you. This is a new man trying to do a new thing in you that God actually brought to your life. But you can't see him because you still feel the same wound. 
and you're still bleeding from the same wound. And so you still react from the same wound. And that's why he triggers you. You cannot see, okay, I need to treat this person differently. This is not, this is not that person from my past. And no matter what this person says, how many vacations you go on, how many different external situations keeps changing, no matter what they do, no matter what they say, no matter what they present, no matter what they bring in your life, even though you notice that there's a different kind of peace, you notice that it's a different kind of feeling you notice that it's a different kind of like wow we don't argue as much but for whatever the reason your perspective and your it's a sameness in there you go to a new job you know this is not the same boss you know that this is a different set of people you know that this may even be a different unit this may even be a different career path but for whatever the reason you still on guard because with such and such that you at that last corporate job you ain't gonna never have nobody speak to you that way no more and so you come in, come in with this chip on your shoulder and then you wonder why nobody is really messing with you like that but you think it's oh because I can see but it people just want to you know hide behind but I see the truth and you don't really even understand that how you were reacting in that last job was warranted for that last job but what you're doing here doesn't make any sense the variables are not there it is not adding up it does not make sense we get why you managed money like that in your past oh it was extra tight we understand it you were trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents the Deacon Murray said that we understand that it was a lot going on there was some scarcity things happening so that's why you had the scarcity mindset then but you are not there anymore you are not there anymore so why are you responding now the way that you were before but this is very much giving after so why is it that you are doing something now when it doesn't have those same variables as before do you see the illustration with the Israelites? Because I'm not going to hold you. If I was in Exodus uh, 1, we would have all been like, I would have been with the um singing the spiritual soul. I ain't going to hold you. Wait in the water. Wait in the water. I would have been there with you. But I'm, I'm not singing that with you now. I get why Caleb was like, I don't want to hear all that. We can take them. We, if God said that it's our land, we can possess it. Like, let's go. We already seen what Egypt was like. We already was there before. Y'all want to go with, y'all so scared. You want to go back to something that enslaved you? I'm not going back. I'm not going to hold you. Um, Moses, it was cool for y'all, but I, different conditions, new generation. How y'all was okay with doing that? I don't have the mindset to stay there. I don't have the, the, the characteristic to even let that be okay. It's going to bother me. So while y'all just cried out, I may lash out. So it is not good for me to go back to conditions that was good for you. It don't work for me. So what I need to do is I'm not looking behind me. I'm looking ahead like, I right, God, this is all I know. The wilderness is the most I've lived out here. So I'm, there's nothing to go back to. There's literally nothing to go back to. I don't, I don't know the life that they knew. I won't even know the Pharaoh that they knew because the Pharaoh that they knew, uh, he drowned. He's dead. God, it's a wrap. God already handled that. So to go back to something that I don't know, that is not going to be good, that's going to enslave, or to go forward to something that I don't know that is going to be for my good because God has said it's the land of milk and honey. I want to go to the one that's going to be for my good. Both of them are unknown. Only one of them is from God. But instead of having that mindset, they cruise controlled to the point 
that it was like, yo, you can't even see past yourself because all you see is your past. You have got to get to the point that you see past your current situation and not that you're not present, not that you're not aware, but that you get to a place that you're like, I'm going to stop and literally tell myself, you are not that eight-year-old little girl anymore who has to protect herself. You are not that 15, 16-year-old boy that had to do A, B, and C. Like you're going to trace back to the moment that you are aware that something indifferent happened within you because of what was happening around you. And we're going to salute the grandbaby that you were. We're going to salute the defense mechanism that we felt we had to go ahead and build up. But we're going to start looking around and say, it's different now. As a matter of fact, those people are not even around anymore. As a matter of fact, all they did was really teach me what not to do when I have children, when I get older, when I have those situations, when I have those circumstances, it taught me better. But what I'm not going to let it do is taunt me. I will let it teach me though. Way different. What God is trying to do with you in this season, he needs you to make sure that you don't bring that complaining spirit with you. You complained about that one job. You changed two, three jobs. You still got something to complain about. After a while, it's like, can I say something? Can we start looking at your perspective? Because maybe your lens is set to complain. Like that, that suspicious cautiousness that you have with everybody. Can we look at that lens and say, Hey, um, can we adjust that frame? Like what old boy did to you two years ago? I get it. But like, you think everybody's going to be old boy. Like that's kind of, that's an unfair staple to just put on everybody. That's not fair. So what God is doing with you in this season, he is literally requiring of you to change your perspective so that you don't bring prior spirits to new spaces. You have got to get to the point that you are aware enough to say, this is not Egypt. This is not Egypt. And I don't have to wear Egyptian clothing. I do not have to be enslaved. I am no longer in Egypt. And literally open your eyes, look around and say, this is the path to my promised land. And I need to be so in tune with God that I see it the way that he sees it that I see it the way that he sees it, that I'm responding the way that he wants me to respond, that I'm aligned with him so I can do what it is that he wants me to do. And God is just asking for my obedience. God is just asking for me to be present enough to be like, okay, God, that's what you want. Cool. Let me carry that out. This is not Egypt. What is my challenge to you? My challenge to you is to be honest enough and aware enough in yourself to ask, am I carrying around Egyptian mindsets when I'm literally an Israelite on my way to the promised land? Because out of fear, that's why Pharaoh and them was trying to do all the foul things and make it harsh for the Israelites and all that. That was something that was a byproduct of fear. So the byproduct of their fear was agony and complaining within the Israelites. Do not let the byproduct 
of previous variables be your permanent life staple. Those do not have to be your variables anymore. So start looking at and tracing back, am I carrying anything into this promised land that God wants to shed out of me? Because I tell you something about this process, this thing called process that God has, it literally is made for you to be shaped for what he has for you. That's the sole purpose of wilderness. That's why Jesus was in the wilderness and was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. That's why the Israelites went through the wilderness. That's why John had to go through his wilderness ministry. Just have a whole, just a one line of like, yo, turn from God, the kingdom of heaven. Like the wilderness is a shaping. And what a shame it would be if you were just to oversee that, just to try to get to the promised land to realize that you don't have what it takes. And now the only thing you're equipped for is to go back to Egypt. What a shame that would be. So you have a perspective that needs to be changed. Yes. Yeah. You have a mindset that needs to be changed. Yes. And let God do something spiritual to your lens so that literally from this day forward, you will never see your life and your circumstances the same again. Because what we won't bring into a new wineskin is old wine. We won't. And we dare not bring any complaining spirits or anything thereof that is literally going to have us run away from what God has when we were just praying for God to release us from that a couple of years ago. Do you understand that? All right, listen, um, I feel like you got what you needed, though. Low key. I ain't going to hold you. Uh, you know what these conversations are, right? Mm-hmm. Life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person is going to have with you. But who? Your favorite homegirl. Uh, www. How many W's was that? www. That's a lot of W's. Listen, created to multiply.com. Okay. Created the number two multiply.com for all the things that are the happenings is how it's going to be happenings and all the ways that I feel that God is trying to get me to create and uh, share my gift of encouragement. It is what it is, shouting. But listen, I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. Uh, I got things to do and you got a website to get to. So we talk later. Absolutely will. Later.